Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Audio. Um, hi, Daddy Issues listeners. Welcome to another Daddy Issues rewatch with me, Margo, and my sister, Jenna. Um, before we get into the episode that we're going to rewatch today, I wanted to make something clear to everyone that might be under the impression that we think that these rewatches are even remotely close to as good as having Joe and Oliver on. Um, You know, I've gotten a lot of messages that are really supportive. Like, we really appreciate you guys doing these rewatches. We loved yours and Josh. We loved yours and your sisters. Um, But we've also gotten some messages that are like, you know, we... We're losing interest. We're not into this. This is not what the content that we want. And I am very, very aware of that. I don't want you to, th- anybody who's listening to think that we think we're like pulling a fast one on you and like, oh, Joe and Oliver are, aren't here. They're not going to care. Like, I get it. You would rather hear from Joe and Oliver. You don't necessarily care about hearing from me and Josh or me and my sister. But it's, it's, at this point, that's not possible. Because Joe and Oliver are busy. Oliver is on set every single day right now. Joe is starting football season with a brand new network. So they have scheduling is difficult and they don't want to record episodes where they're not giving their best versions of themselves. So since they're taking a little break to refresh, which everybody is, you know, we all need self-care. Exactly. Everybody needs self-care. Everybody deserves a break. And it's not like they're having a break sitting around eating bonbons and doing nothing. They're both working also. I wish they were. <laughs> I wish they were too. But they're working and they're busy. And so the the options right now until they come back, which I've gotten a ton of messages with people saying, I'm so worried they're quitting. I look forward to this. Are they really coming back? I promise you. There was a discussion today about what the first episode when they come back might look like. They will be back. They will be back in about a month. Um, And so until then, the options are nothing where we just put nothing out and you can scroll back and listen to old episodes or take a break from daddy issues, which we don't obviously want you to do, or this. And the hope with this is just for the people who are our loyal listeners and who really look forward to the show and it's part of their like weekly routine that this is something slightly new for you. You still get a little Joe and Oliver, but maybe myself or Josh or my sister can offer a comment or um, some insight or a little story that will make you laugh or that will, you know, give you a little more background on the show or on the guys. And if that happens for even a few people, then great. That's the whole point of this. We are absolutely not trying to be as engaging or interesting as Joe and Oliver. I know that we are not. 
We're not taking the place of Joe and Oliver. Right. No one is trying to take their place. They will be back. We are just trying to kind of fill in the blank while they're gone and 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 give you guys a little bit of somewhat new content. And, you know, you don't have to listen to it. I totally, I don't know that I want to listen to myself. So I totally understand that. That makes sense. That's fair. Um, so that was, that was just to, I just wanted to make sure to say that at the top of the episode. Oh, and I meant to not say just, I don't know if it was you or Jason or somebody said to me in a recent time, stop putting the word just like a qualifier, like a qualifier. Stop oh, doing I that. that. I haven't noticed that. Like, it's like an say um, what you need or to a say. But. Don't say, I just wanted to say this. I just wanted to check in. I just wanted to circle back. I just wanted to email you. Right. It's saying I'm emailing you I because. Wanted to email you or or I wanted to share this exactly. because. Yeah, yeah. That, that Maybe it was Brandon. I don't know. Somebody said to me, like, when you put just in front of everything, it's like you're making yourself look weak. Like, like oh, so sorry. I just wanted to do this. Whereas you should be, I'm emailing you because I have a question. Or I wanted to say this because I feel it's important to say this. Well, perhaps that's a product of society. That's that might be true. Is it that I'm like tr- making well, I myself no idea. feel weaker? You, you can only no, no. I'm saying like maybe society has made. I don't know. I'm not going into all that, but maybe <laughs> society has created a, an environment where sometimes individuals have to say like, well, the, like qualify it, quantify, yeah, right, qualify, qualify it. it, yeah. Ooh, if I put my computer like that, then I can see part of your computer. So let, uh, b- we are going to jump into the episode. Please feel free to fast forward this. But um, let me just give you the setup of this recording. So we are sitting in my four foot by six foot studio that my boyfriend very nicely and beautifully built for me um, to do recordings, not just daddy issues. And I moved the desk to like the middle of it. It's a pretty small space. Spacious for a studio, but pretty small. And then, like, I have squished myself into this side. Jenna is squished on the other side. And we each have our own computers. So we're looking at each other in person and looking at each other on the screen. And um, my stool is too tall, so I feel like I have to keep hunching over. And so, you know, there you go. That's that's our professional setup. That's our professional setup. Um Okay, that's that's it. I wonder, I guess we should get into a little bit of the episode. We did, I posted on Instagram and we got some questions and comments, which I think are some of them are pretty good, so we'll read those. But for now, we will um we'll jump into the episode. We're gonna we're gonna rewatch an episode called Welcome to College Radio. It's from almost exactly a year ago. All right, let's uh I'm recording. <laughs> look, at, look at you all tightened up because you're on a show now. I just worked. I, I um, First, I'd like to introduce myself to the audience. My name is Oliver Hudson, in case you don't know. Um, I just, I worked in Albuquerque today, this morning, 8.30 a.m. call. Did one scene, got on a plane, and now I'm in Los Angeles with my children's. And uh, then I go back on Friday. So I'm like back and forth and back and forth. No. So I makeup on. I got I got shit in my hair. You know, I'm fucking camera. Is ready. this your look? This is your look for the show with the. Yeah, kind of like that. I'm doing my hair for those. Of you. I'm pushing it back, you know, kind of a little greasy ish kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hot, hot FBI guy, you know. Hot <laughs> FL, if you do say so yourself. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I got a lot to talk to you about. 
<laughs> I've I have a lot to talk to you about over about this. I already do. Hot FBI guy. You concur with this, right? Well, I've got something to say about that pushback hair and that he's only got scruff. And what happens to sideburns is a question that I have. Oh, what do you mean what happens to sideburns? Michael was talking about uh, shaving his beard, which hasn't happened in over a decade. Mm-hmm. And he said, I just I want to, but I just won't do it because I don't know where my sideburn should be. So we've well, been maybe looking we match Oliver's sideburns. Yeah, we've been looking at sideburns on different shows and shows. I think his look appropriate. Yeah. He does look quite handsome in this episode, I will say. He's got a a white shirt with a black situation going on. What's your favorite? I thought your favorite is It is. White on this black. is my second second favorite. Jenna likes well, you speak for yourself. You tell them. I really appreciate black t-shirts. I enjoy black clothing black t-shirts with a white print or image on it i think that's very vivid mm-hmm. and oliver has your second favorite white t-shirt with black on it exactly and he's sitting in what looks like a closet totally <laughs> okay i just wanted to comment because i know that you think oliver is attractive and cute and i just wanted to publicly put that out there i imagine well. most people do yeah i think i think most people do i find both joe and oliver just like both but that's also a biased opinion at this point because I know them, right? True. True. Okay. Back. I think there was something else I want to say, but we're just going to get back to it. Do you? Yeah. I do. Um, uh, your, your voice sounds like the, what? Aaron's reminding me of Instagram. Oh, she's reminding to talk to you about something that happened to me. <laughs> okay. Good. You're getting notes from your wife. I love it. I got a note. How good is this? Is, can Aaron hear me? Yeah. So I get to New York. Michelle and I fly. We get to the hotel. Natalie's walking her dog. We're staying at the Greenwich Hotel. Natalie's walking her dog and she says, hey, I'm going to be out in front of your hotel in the next five minutes. Come down and say hi. Because we were not having dinner that night. We were having dinner the next night. So I came down. I hadn't seen her in a month. She walks her dog up the street. Give each other a big hug. We're talking for literally two minutes. And she goes, oh, by the way, you know, it's uh, Fashion Week here in New York. And uh, I said, oh, no, I didn't know that. Somehow I wasn't invited in the Met Ball or whatever it's called. It's, I'm not going to that. Dressed as like a fucking skyscraper with a jet for a hat. Uh, I, uh, so then this SUV pulls up. And the paparazzi gathers around. It's like, oh, my God. It's, you know, Natalie's like, oh, it's going to be a big star. Who is it? It's your fucking sister. Like the one person I know. It wasn't Lady Gaga. It wasn't uh, Jennifer Lopez. It wasn't Bradley Cooper. It wasn't any. It's like somebody I can text and somebody that Natalie knows. And it was like, oh, oh my. Uh, and then it was great. I haven't seen your sister in a year. I don't know when the last time was that I saw her. It's this like sort of this, this double-edged feeling in a sense where uh, like, oh, is it going to be someone cool? Is it going to come out of a limo? And you're kind of anticipating. Someone. Yeah. And it's Kate, which is always great to see her, but it's sort of like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I can do this, you know. Literally what Joe just said. come to St. Louis if I needed. Well, no, she wouldn't. You you might. I'm there. Uh, 
yeah, but it was just it was it was but it was great to see her and I saw Danny and I met Ronnie for the first time and oh, wow. yeah, she was so we went to her Natalie and I went up to her room, Natalie brought her dog and so we caught up for a minute and then I never saw her again. That was the last time I saw her, I was there for the next two days. Actually she was just an apparition, it wasn't even her. It was a ghost. <laughs> Let me ask you a question though. Let me ask you a question. If you could have anyone Choose someone to walk out of that limo that you would be so excited to see. Who would it have been? The Rock. Really? (laughs) 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 You know, door open and someone so steps out, you'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay. My answer is Heather (laughs) Thomas from 1985. Are you kidding me? Okay. So Heather Thomas, I can't believe you just said that. Yeah, I don't find know out. if any of our listeners know who the hell she is. No. You know? Yeah. But, but if you're of a certain age, you know who yeah. the hell Heather Thomas is. Jesus. That's crazy. From my early memories, Heather Thomas was shooting, had a photo shoot at my friend Dylan's house. And Barbara, her mom, was my mom's best friend. She actually introduced me to golf. Barbara did. And I remember hiding under tables with Dylan, getting trying to get a glimpse of this girl. And all I knew is that her name was Heather Thomas. I didn't know where she came from. She was just... She came from heaven, Oliver. She came from heaven. She did. It is, it is a very early sexual memory for me where I was just enamored with her. Everybody my age, I'm 52, Every well, most of my friends had a Heather Thomas poster in their bedroom. Oh, my God. I got to look her up. I cannot wait to look her up. Yeah, she was uh, phenomenal. So it would have to be Heather <laughs> Thomas from 1985 or uh, uh, the weird science girl, Kelly LeBrock or whatever. I'd have Nicole Eggert from Charles in Charge. Oh, yeah. Or Baywatch. Okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah, she was my jam. I had a poster of her. I was just going to say from Baywatch. That's a, As soon as he said that, I was like, I know who that is. She's from Baywatch for sure. And what's weird, side note, I'm embarrassingly going to say this in the background, like comfort TV, watching Gilmore Girls for the 800th time. And an episode just came on where like the mom goes to a, a booster meeting for moms at the school or something. And one of the moms is Nicole Eggert. Weird. That tracks. That's so weird. Who would your person be? Not ready to answer yet. Okay. So, who would your person be? I mean, are we saying um, alive and well individuals? No, I mean, well, yeah, but Joe's saying this, whoever, Heather, whoever, but from like 1985. Oh, so he wants 1985 her to come out. Oh, oof. Okay, who would yours be? I mean, if we're talking like coming out of a limo and I could be standing right there and maybe like shake their hand or get a hug and get a glimpse and that's it. Like I'm not going to hang out with them. Um, yeah, I mean, his first answer, The Rock. <laughs> I would be so excited okay. to meet The Rock or Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you have a different answer if you could hang out with the person? Pro- I don't know if I actually want to hang out with Jake Gyllenhaal, but like I'd like to hug him and see Right, but person. you said so if you couldn't hang out, just a hang uh, I'd walk love out. to hang out with Jason Bateman. Okay. Like me, like getting meeting him very, very briefly through when he was on this. I just find him to be a fascinating person and just a very, he just has a very, actually, from the little bit that I was, you know, spoke to him, like 
so wonderful and like relaxed and like put you at ease immediately. Like just like a really regular, comfortable guy that like I'm instantly I was like, oh, I like you. I want to hang out with you and have a couple drinks right like right away. And I I just yeah. But you wouldn't love to just see him walk out of a limo and hug him. Yeah, I don't really care about that. I don't know why. That sounds a little bit um shallow, maybe. But like I'd like to hang out with him. I don't know, maybe Jake Gyllenhaal would be cool to hang out with, too. I just think Bateman would be cooler. Leo. I I have to. I know. Yeah. I don't actually probably want to hang out with him. Sorry, Leo. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's definitely listening. (laughs) uh, But I just... Since... I can't not. Jenna's, like, number one since as, as far back in our childhood as I can remember. Leo posters, Leo. And it stayed true. You know, most people have, like like childhood crushes on celebrities. I was obsessed with Joey Lawrence and Matthew Lawrence. Obsessed. And like, no, you know, I don't know what even they're doing right now. They're on a new commercial. They are? Yes. If you look at the the threesome of brothers is on like a new Hulu or Peacock or something commercial. I will be very interested to oh, see that actually. They look all just like themselves. Really? Yeah. Huh. See, and, like, I haven't kept up with that as soon as, you know, I fell off of them. But, like, you have true, through and true, true and true, stayed true. I don't know what Tried tried and true. Tried and true. It has always been Leo for you. Always. Yep. Yep. Um, Okay. I don't know who the person that Joe was talking about is, but I definitely want to look her up after this. I'm scared to do it now because it'll, like, mess up my screen sharing. Um, Okay. I'm going back to this. Um, in my room and another vivid memory, I had a massive fever and you know how you have those like fever nightmares, you know, have you read like this fever dreams where you're losing it. And that poster literally came off of my wall and was like floating around my room. So (laughs) I had, uh, (laughs) I had Nicole Eggert chasing me in a fever dream. Oh my God. It's better (laughs) than having Scott Bayo chase you around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he was my number one too. Man. She was great. She <laughs> was great. Um, so great. What's funny? What's funny is that Oliver's wife is like reminiscent of Nicole Eggert in Baywatch. Like she's really cute and got like short blonde hair and like very similar. And also, this is random. But remember the last episode we did this? We did sort this. Of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, and, and Oliver was sitting with his phone between two chairs and a weird yeah, lamp like fan thing over his head. And once again, now, here he is with another a weird lamp with over a his head. Large lamp. Looks like Although, a great if closet. you you've got a large a medium lamp over your head, it's true. Yep. That's a terrible angle for my face, but well, it's fine. But it's a lamp. It is a lamp and a little fake lamp back here. Um, all right, that was a small sidebar. Back to it. Okay, let's keep going. Oh, what did we end on? Who your person would be? Leo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now we're back. Let's uh, let's see where we're at. Yeah, so that was that. And then here's what I'm realizing. Okay. It is innate in all of us to be manipulators. Mm-hmm. And I say that because we are now going full on, full steam ahead with this sleep training for our three-year-olds. 
where they have the, it's called a monkey lock where you, they, oh, the door can open a little bit, which I don't really understand. I guess that gives them a little glimpse of hope. It's like <laughs> leaving the, the cell door cracked open in Alcatraz so that they can see what's happening in San Francisco. So the, the things open just a little bit. Last night, they did a decent job of going to sleep. I, I was the one that slept upstairs. I don't want to be downstairs. And, and Michelle got home. She was working. She slept in our bedroom downstairs. So I, I slept decently. And then I wake up because the boys are up. And I let them out of their room, which is like the biggest demerit that I should be given comes yeah. from that. I th- because I thought it was I I thought it was six o'clock in the morning. I thought and I'm like, oh, my God, guys, you guys did such a good job. But it's still dark. And if you guys go back to sleep, we're going straight to the toy store on Saturday. And Wyatt, my little genius boy, goes, we've got plenty of toys. We don't want to go to the toy store. We just want to sleep with you. I was like, they just threw toys out of the window. And yeah. then they're they're like, mommy, I love you, daddy. I love you so much. Mommy, I love you. I love you, daddy. Please come in. Why are you doing this to me? Why? Let me out of here. Why? I want to get out of here. Why are you doing this to me? Why? And then five minutes later, they're asleep. And in the morning, they don't remember. They don't even reference it. But in the middle of the night at 345, they were throwing a trip to the toy store yeah. out of the window to get their way. Yeah. It's like they had a fever dream. So you you left them in their room while they were saying, Mommy, mommy, daddy, I love you. You're like, I'm sorry, you got the monkey lock on. Monkey lock time. Get a little glimpse of heaven. There is the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, but it's just not there yet. So, but then you just stayed strong. And how long, honestly, before they were Honest to God, no more than five minutes. Isn't that fucking crazy, man? Like you just, you got to get over this idea that you're hurting them. in some Exactly. Way, and know? Michelle cannot right now. I've done it now for three nights. She was gone. I'm over it. They're not yeah. doing anything. They're, they're, there's nothing in their room that they can get hurt with. They're yeah. not, they're not being abused. They're not, <laughs> they're fine. So it's time to grow up a little bit. And then it's like, good night. And they throw a shit fit. And then they're over it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an act. It's a complete act. It's, it's interesting because it's really a first time parent thing and and you're not that. So there's, there's two different schools, not schools, but you're a salty veteran. You're calloused, man. You've been through it. And, And I can only say that because I am as well. I mean, when Aaron and I had Wilder, our first, it was horrifying. We were trying to sleep train him. He was three weeks early. He looked like a baby bird. You just fall out of his nest. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> ugly, weird kid. All right, that's fine. I'll get over that. But just go to sleep. And and, and then we put him in the bed. We just know what the fuck we were doing. Weird you know, it was this first time thing. Cut to Rio. It's like, oh, stay in your room. Sorry, throw up in your bed. I don't even care. You're staying in there. <laughs> just the way it's going to be, you know? Right. But you kind of blew my whole act in last week. Cause my, my wife, unlike your wife listens to our podcast and she's like, I agree with, with Oliver. I agree with Oliver where you had said, Hey, eventually they're not going to sleep in your bed. Eventually they're going to put their own clothes on. Eventually they're going to like, I got it, but eventually I'm going to be dead. 
So between now and then, I don't want to be juggling and laying in their room until 10 o'clock at night while I'm holding their hands so that they drift off to sleep in their little cocoon. I, it's yeah. ridiculous. If you, if you tally up all those hours, that that's that's at least half the year right now. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, and emotionally and mentally, it's more than half the year. Yes. Yes. Okay. I am aging before your eyes. I'm like, my face is like the, the guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark that just yeah. melts in front of your face. <laughs> That's me. But once you do it, and once they break through, then you're golden. You know, mm-hmm. the next problem. You know, it's like, oh, we conquered this, and you think life is easy, and maybe it is. And then it's on to the next thing. And then there's something else that happens. Well, then they're not going to sleep in their bed. Then they're not going to sleep in their bed with their pull-up. Then it's going to be right underwear, and it's going to be the piss and shit show all yeah. night. That's going to be the I teenage years. Before, but yeah. I want to write a, 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 a children's or a you know a parenting book or a parenting pamphlet, really, just called Fear and Bribery. <laughs> you know, because that's literally how it's done. You can read all of the best authors and all the most world-renowned you know, parental writers in the country, in the world, at the end of the day, it comes down to fear and bribery. Everything gets thrown away. <laughs> when you yeah. are your razor's edge and your nerves are frayed, then it just becomes, if you do this, I'll give you this. Or if you don't do this, you're not going to get this. I mean, that's literally <laughs> what parenting comes down to. And potty training was the same way with us. We used to sit wilder on the little toilet for like hours, he would just be sitting there and I had like a cup of M&M's, like waiting. And when right. he, I gave him the M&M. I mean, he's like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Yeah, Aaron's, Aaron's right next to me. She goes, all of our kids were potty trained at 18 months wearing underwear because we just kept them plopped. Not at night. Not at night. Yeah, but we kept them plopped down. Gave them a little, oh, good boy. A little <laughs> right. I mean, that's... First of all, I would love to do, I would love to canvas all the so-called parental experts. Yeah. And I'd love to see how their kids turned out. (laughs) That's a great idea. Let's round them all up. Every one of these people, all these experts and go, okay, now we'd like to interview your kids. You need to leave the room. (laughs) Or we're going to visit your kids talking through uh, one-way glass on a phone while they uh, <laughs> while we're taking everything out of our pockets so that they yeah. can't escape <laughs> from a mental take their shoelaces out. I, I just I I really have a hard time buying into, and maybe this is just being cynical, that anybody is any better at this than anybody else. I you're everybody's finding their own way. Nobody's got the handbook, the rule book. You know, nobody came down from heaven and said, here's how it needs to be done. And if you don't do it this way, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just everybody finds their own way. Yeah. And by the way, I think that if parents sort of really lived by what you just said, there is this weight that gets lifted off of your shoulders. It does alleviate some of that pressure to be perfect and, you know, not screw up your kids. I've said this before, too. We're all screwing up our kids just it's just about what degree, really. You know, we we do our best given the tools that we have and given the personalities of our each child. I mean, if you have multiple kids, they're all so different. Right. And the way I did it with Wilder is not the way I can do it with Bodie. With Wilder, you know, I could, you know, you raise your voice and he responds. With Bodie, you raise your voice and he doesn't give a shit. 
You know, same tactic, <laughs> different personality. Well, I, you said that a bunch with regard to it's not a matter of if you're screwing up your kids, it's a question of how much. I think they're screwing me up because I've never had less of a fuse. I've never had less patience. I've never, I, I just, and I, God, I love them. I want to eat them. I love them so much, but oh my God, it's just a lot of work. And right now with two of them, oh, geez, one goes down. Oh, that's a good place to pause it. Dogs are going crazy, but, um, I'd love, I feel like this is like such an interesting. I just don't have that much. Oh, okay. Because I'm not a parent. I know, but I have a question for you. Okay. Okay. Should I sit down? Well, yeah, unless you're going to check the, I don't care. Let the dogs bark. It's fine. Great. Wonderful. All right. My question for you is like, do you think that mom and dad parented us in very different ways and that was based on our personalities? Or do you think that they parented us in the same ways and we just responded differently based on our personalities. Ooh, both and. I okay. think they both, as a team, parented us differently because we are different individuals. And I think they both, them as two different individuals, parented us differently. Mom parented us one way. Dad, they couldn't get on the same page because right. they were different individuals. Right. But do you think that dad was different with you than he was with me? And do you think mom was different with you than she was with me? Uh, yes. Was yes. that because of who they are or who we are? Well, because of who we are. Because when mom would say, blah, 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 I'd say, da, da, da. And you'd say, boo, 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 or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, of course, like she was still her same person. Right. So, so I get go, she knew we were different individuals, but ultimately, especially in the beginning, I imagine she was still just mostly doing her best and throwing it out there and then realized, okay, this person or this child responds this way or not this way. So then maybe she shifted or 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 changed. Like when you fucked up, I didn't. <laughs> I knew I, that was coming. But I did. I just never got caught. That's right. That's I literally had this conversation the other night with Mark that like Jenna was smarter. She was smarter in her. Am smarter. And, <laughs> you were and am smarter in your in in your what are they called? Truancies as a teenager? Sure. Trials and tribulations. Right. And, like, you didn't get caught. Like, I would sneak out and I got caught mm -hmm. instantly almost every time. Or ditch school and get caught instantly every time. You know my favorite story? No. You do know my favorite story. My ditching school favorite story. It's like a claim to fame story that weirdly, thanks to daddy issues, I the person that I ditched school for when I was a freshman – Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> That's right. She was, I was obsessed with Drew Barrymore. And she was going to be at Planet Hollywood because Scream, the first Scream ever was coming out. And she was going to be at Planet Hollywood in downtown Chicago on like a Tuesday at lunch. She took the L. I took the L. Yep. I, let, I called mom and dad from the pay phone at school. I'm really aging myself here. And said... 
Drew Barrymore is going to be at Planet Hollywood. Like, I have to go. Can you please come pick me up? Can you take me down there? And they were both like, no fucking way. Go to class. Good for them. And I said, no. And me and Andrea Bloom jumped the fence at Stevenson and went and and caught the train to the L and took the L downtown and went to Planet Hollywood and were so excited that we like pulled it off and we like managed to find our way down there because Chicago's huge. And we're sitting in Planet Hollywood waiting for Drew Barrymore to come out. And how does the story go? I don't know. I wasn't there. Dad, oh. like, intervened at some point. Yeah. Dad walked in Good because for him. he was being very nice and was going to go get her autograph for me. Oh, so my God. I didn't went, know that part. I thought yeah. he just, like, aggressed on you, like, I know she's there. Nope. I'm coming to get her. Oh, God, that that probably feels worse for no. you. He oh, was going terrible. to get her autograph for me oh. because he knew because I called him and said, can I go? And he said no. And so he went on his, like, lunch from work in downtown Chicago to get her autograph for me, walked in, and me and Andrea are sitting in a booth. In That's terrible. And he saw us and was like, what the fuck are you doing here? And before Drew Barrymore ever came out, he hauled us off. He was like, we're leaving and like hauled us off to his car and took us and drove us directly to the dean's office. Dean Green at Stevenson. He took me to his office. It was like, suspend her. She ditched school, blah, blah, blah. And we never met Drew Barrymore. got her autograph. And huh. it was so depressing. But like a year ago... Oliver was on the Drew Barrymore show for to talk about daddy issues. And I was in touch with the producer of the show and setting it all up and like gave Oliver the Zoom, you know, got it all organized for him and then was on the the taping. It was all done through Zoom. And in the kind of communications of setting Oliver up to be on the Drew Barrymore show, I was talking to her producer and I said, you know, what's really funny is like I was I was really obsessed with Drew Barrymore. I read her book and everything when I was younger. And I have a really great story about her. And she said, oh, tell me, tell me. And so I like told her the story and she said, oh, my God, this is amazing. Drew Barrymore is going to love this. She didn't say Drew Barrymore. She just said Drew. She said Drew is going to love this. And she uh, who knows if it's true or not, but like supposedly told her and came back and was like, she thought that was so funny. That's so hilarious. And I was like, that is a full circle moment that when I was 15, I did school to go meet Drew Barrymore. Never met her. It's just a cool kind of interesting story. And then 20 or however many years, I'm not going to be specific. Um, later, I, she somehow knows that story. That's crazy. That's a crazy well, maybe it's just crazy to me, but that is crazy. The crazy. only story I have from Planet Hollywood is once I went to take your daughter to work day and on the lunch break, dad and I went to Planet Hollywood, <laughs> probably the same one in downtown right by his yes. office yeah. that had the diamond shaped top to yep. it. Yep. And uh, that day that I went to take your daughter to you're not going to like this. You're going to have to cut this, Josh. Take your daughter <laughs> to work day. They had us draw um, whatever the main ice cream then was, like the ice cream brand, TCBY. No, I don't know. Ben and Jerry's. Like, but, yeah. It was different. It was. Ed DeBevix. No, that's like a, a place, but yum. Yum. And so dad worked at the 
ad agency. Mm-hmm. And so they had all the take your daughter to work date, all the daughters. That sounds weird now. <laughs> we're in the conference room drawing like uh, different flavored ice creams. That was awesome. And then, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is the interesting thing that sticks out of my mind. Yeah, and yeah, then we went to Planet Hollywood for lunch. Probably right before or right after you got harassed out of there. (laughs) (laughs) What did you see when dad took you to work? Because I remember going to work with him. Do you remember like what you saw? He had a cool office office, and it was up on the top, one of the top floors and it looked out and there was like a bowl of like candies Mm. and then we got brought into a conference room and we drew oh like dryers ice cream or briars or whatever the fuck yeah and then i drew like a i wish i could see or no it was like a weird we made up our own flavors and i was all i don't like all this communal interaction even (laughs) at nine i didn't like that but I just stuck with it because I knew I was going to go to lunch and get like a grilled cheese. <laughs> you did love grilled cheese and yeah. you were an introvert from well, a, a am. bit of a am, but were from a young age. Duh. So I remember going to dad's office and he had like a football helmet and like dad was not a sports guy. I mean, this is daddy issues, so this is relevant. Maybe nobody cares about our daddy issues, but Jason said to me today, you should have your dad co-host an episode with you. And I was like, cool. it'd be cool. I don't think he'd ever do it. Of course he would. You think? I think he would. I don't think he'd be good on it, but I think he would. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm good on it either, but I think he would definitely pop in. Maybe. That's true. It would be interesting. You know that I've never, I told Jason, I would love to have him do that, but I've never actually said the name of this show to dad. Right. Like, I've talked that's, about the show to dad that, for years. That's I only, the epitome of daddy issues right there. That's true. Because I only ever say to him, like, he knows Joe and Oliver, and he's heard me talk about this. Obviously, it's my favorite thing that I do. I talk about it frequently. Um, I've never once said to him, like, daddy daddy issues this or daddy issues that. I only say Joe and Oliver's show because I refuse to say the words to him, daddy issues, because it feels cringy to me. Well, if you ever wanted him on here, I imagine you'd have to tell him. Because, yes. <laughs> well, you wouldn't unless well, he said, I want to hear it, and then you would. I mean, but if I want him on here to do this, like Jason was saying, we should do this, like a rewatch. Well, also, talk about the epitome of daddy issues. Have you met daddy? Ugh. <laughs> I just hate that. Okay, fine. But I, I'm not that individual who uses it in a sexual way, so I can still say that. That's true. I mean, I don't either. I just, it just always goes that way in my brain. No comment. (laughs) Fine. Let's move on. That's the beauty about my sister, though. You know, I, I love that about her, her freedom of, you know, just sort of saying, hey, this is who I am. Yeah, I have three kids. With three different dudes. I don't give a shit. This is my <laughs> life. Happy and this is how I do it. Yeah, if you have a problem with it, that's your problem. Yeah, not mine. But, you know, I love that attitude of hers. She's just unafraid, you know? Yeah, I wish I had more of that. What, why did you get kicked off Instagram? Okay, so we are we skipped ahead a little bit to um, a part that is, I think, interesting where Oliver talks about 
getting kicked off Instagram. And Jenna just said, why do you get kicked off Instagram? And we are about to find out. And they're both rubbing their arms. They are both rubbing their arms. What do you think that means? I don't know. I am too, though. <laughs> just to make sure I'm in the crowd. Oh, it's funny. I was going to talk about that. I didn't get kicked off Instagram. I got a, a, a notice that one of my posts had been taken down due to nudity. And it was from 2018. And they just took it off my public feed. And it was me, you know, doing certain some OTG off the grid sort of stupid wacky thing and i'm running away naked it's my ass just running away in the snow in colorado and i'm just screaming my head off like like horrific screams it's just weird you know yeah i remember that one that's gone and wilder filmed it which we have the behind the scenes of it that aaron shot that's really funny and uh it was 2018 then i get this notice that it's been removed due to nudity and i'm like what the fuck it's so crazy. Then I went down an, uh, an Instagram Instagram model rabbit hole just looking at what is actually on Instagram. It's crazy the things that they're allowing on Instagram and taking my gross jiggling ass off. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, these girls are practically naked. Oh, know? my God. It's like you can totally see their nipples. The camel toe isn't even, it's not even a camel toe. It's just like a toe. see-through it's just a <laughs> vagina that's hanging out. It's basically like porn, you know, it's, and they're removing my jiggling ass. Well, yours was just insulting. That's why. <laughs> who, who was I insulting? I, just the human race that had to look at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you, the argument is, could be that these are beautiful women with beautiful right. Yours exactly. wasn't art. Yours was just weirdness. Yeah, but the weirdness is art. But is there is do they have the ability to go into my mind and make me unsee it? No, <laughs> not yet. That's probably coming in the next ten years. But. So it can be erased <laughs> from my memory because I remember I, it. I, it's it's question, jarring. The question is though, why now? It's from 2018, hmm. and how does something like that get removed? Did someone have to? you know, report me? I mean, is yeah, that what... Yeah, you went in front of a, the parole board and now like, you're sorry. tagged. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now you're tagged and, you know, good luck living the life you want to live going <laughs> forward. You know, that whole thing has messed you up for life. I don't understand, though. I guess someone had to... I don't know. You know what? I should just repost it and see what happens. Uh, so what's funny is that this happened. I remember this. And um, he was like, like, he was like annoyed. He was like visibly upset about it. And I was like, all right, we're going to post it to the Daddy Issues account, which, you know, Oliver has like a million followers. Daddy Issues has like, eh, I don't know, 8,000 or something. And so, but I couldn't find, I was like, do you have, can you send me the original post? And he wasn't answering me. So I spent like three hours on the internet searching Oliver Hudson's ass, Oliver Hudson's naked ass, Oliver Hudson's butt, like for so long. And what I didn't realize and what now I do, and now I think he already knew this, I texted him and I was like, so I've been searching for this video and there's a porn star, a male porn star named, who goes by the name of Oliver Hudson. 
And so like I looked on Twitter, I like searched on Twitter, like Oliver Hudson's bare butt or something like that and got back some of the most pornographic X-rated things ever from Let's this. see them. <laughs> from, this, from this like porn. So if you like search Oliver Hudson sacks or butt or anything on Twitter, hmm. like it's. It is not this Oliver Hudson. It is a different Oliver Hudson, and it is graphic. Um, But it took me down, like, a very deep internet rabbit hole. I eventually found it on some guy had, like, had, like, an Oliver Hudson, like, butt appreciation post on his blog and had ripped this original video from YouTube. And so I found it. I reposted on Daddy Issues. It got taken down. I reposted it again, but, like, with his butt, like, blurred out. And that is still remains. That still remains on our Instagram and our TikTok. And I think Oliver reposted on his own Instagram, like, with the blurred out butt, which Instagram that then felt was, like, appropriate, which I completely agree with him. There are, like, nipples on Instagram, but you can't have a bare butt running through the snow. That's a silly little, like, snow butt. A snow butt. Like a Like a... He was with his family, I right. imagine, like coming out of a hot tub or something. Yep. And then there's yeah, more egregious things. Total, well, yeah. And more sexual things. Like this was not – this was funny. It was right. like weird and yeah. funny. It was not like a an offensively sexual or like – Overtly sexual overtly. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But – so I think it still lives. So if you're listening to this and you're dying to see his like blurred out butt – I am. Yeah, I believe that's on Daddy Issues Pod underscore on Instagram. That's Ooh. the account I know because Daddy Issues Pod was taken. Um, and I and I also think Oliver has it on his own, and he has his butt a thousand times on his own. All right, let's go back. Test him. That's what I want to do with Twenty Three and Me. I want to spit into another jug and uh, see if I come back ninety nine percent Irish and one percent. English and no percent anything else. I just want to say, yeah, I was 90, it was like 94% Irish and then some part English. And and my mom was, was insulted. I mean, her last name's Linsnick. She's Polish and there's German. It's like, well, that's not right. I'm your mother. And I'm like, I don't take this personally. I don't know. I don't, I just spit into a test tube and I yeah. sent it off. And all of a sudden I'm like a leprechaun. I'm like the, yeah, selling lucky charms. <laughs> well, you and Aaron both. She's, she's a, a leprechaun. I used to call her my little leprechaun when we were first started dating. Cause she looked like this hot little leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not that, but I, I, I am like, Almost all Irish, which is well, you know, odd. Is, I did 23, I did Ancestry, and then I did 23andMe. So I did both. And, and the technology gets better and better, and they keep updating your genetics as the testing gets better, I guess. So I started out a certain percent Italian, and then it keeps building and building and building until I'm finally sort of like living on the Amalfi Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know why it's, it's happening. I get an update every month and a half. It's like, oh, you're even more Italian. Hey, you know, it's like, it's, it's weird. I don't know why that's happening, but I'm becoming more Italian. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, does that now allow you to audition for more roles? 
in Hollywood? Don't you have to be, don't you in Hollywood now have to be exactly what you, what you're reading for? Like yeah. you, you can't stretch and be anything you're not like you yeah. couldn't play Brad Pitt's role in with the terrible Irish accent in whatever movie that was mm-hmm. with Harrison Ford. Oh, right. I think, I think with accents, you're okay. Accents, you're okay. With accents, you're okay. But I, I, you know, if I'm playing like an Italian guy, I think. So you're good. You're fine. Well, you are Italian. I'm Italian. Right. I'm good. Godfather 4. Aren't they doing the Godfather TV series or am I crazy? No, they're doing, uh, they're doing the, uh, the Sopranos. Oh, that's. That that's what I was thinking. The prequel to the Sopranos, which you could now be in. That's right. Uh, like the the many bridges or the many something of of yeah and Jersey. Right. <laughs> yes, that's true. You speak mm-hmm. the truth. Um, should we do some uh, some viewer, Let's otherwise known as listener things? Yeah. Why do I always have to be the wonder? Read these things because I'm the announcer. <laughs> yeah. By the way, how was Sunday? It was good. It was good. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that, but uh Sunday was great. I mean it was a blowout game, but it was good to be back. But Saturday night at City Field on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 was a night that I just well, I don't think I'll ever forget. I mean, nobody will ever forget 9-11, but but that celebration and that's because Oliver Yeah, so this- I saw it. Yeah, the screen just yeah, I went. Saw it. He was trying to smoke a little something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and his That's screen awesome. just goes. He turns his screen off yeah. for a second, and then it screws up the whole video. Nightmare. But I saw what he was doing, right? A I didn't. I actually pen. maybe a, a weed, weed pen. Oh my god! If you yeah, totally, off, totally a weed pen. Yeah, I actually unless it was nicotine, but I don't think he no, I don't think it is paused. nicotine. I think that it's um, a weed pen, but. Yeah. Honestly, Oliver doesn't even have to pause to do that because he talks about smoking weed on here all the time. Like, that's not, it's legal in California. There's nothing wrong with it. And he talks about it openly. So it's strange to me that he, maybe he just doesn't, maybe it's too visual to have it like out there in the world. You know? I don't know. I have no idea. You'd have to ask him. I I will ask him. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like him right now. I'm I'm in my t shirt (laughs) with my. Remember last time you were going to dress up to match Oliver? Yes, that would have been awesome. That would have been great. That I, That's the one thing I really remember from that. I'm yeah, all, give me a, a cream-colored hoodie yep, and, and a backwards, backwards hat. Mm-hmm. That would have been mm-hmm. dope. Yep. Now I can't match this because it's just boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it's, is. No, it's pretty, well, compared His to. outfit, I yes, mean. Yes, compared to what he usually wears, which is like tie-dyed pants and a you know a bright pink shirt and a weird beanie or like he always has the most strange outfits the one week we recorded the between two legs episode and joe was like what do your socks say because literally oliver had the camera between his legs and he was like oh my socks say sex on them and he had like these like mid shin level socks that said sex around the top. And he's always got like the most interesting, weird outfits on for sure. That's um, the spice of life. Yeah. He's spicy in his outfits for sure. Uh, what were they just talking about that we're getting into? Hmm. I don't know. Let's see. 
remembrance of that night 20 years later was oh, 9/11. Wow. It was oh, perfect. I, that that is the first time in a long time I've actually cried. Wow, you cried. I cried during the pregame. You never um, 20 years ago. No, I'm a pretty easy cry, but I cried during the pregame. That <laughs> was an easy cry. And was thankful that I didn't have to say anything for a little while because I was choked up. But wow, I gotta see it. I gotta see it. I didn't I didn't watch the uh sort of the celebration, you know, or the the recap, I guess. I didn't see it. It was good. Well, it, it, I mean, I'm assuming it was the Mets and Major League Baseball, but it was so great, you know, when they had the first responders come out and then they had ex-Met players with each, you know, the the firefighters and then the police officers and the, and then you hear the stories. And I interviewed a guy um, who's who lost his brother, mm-hmm. um, a firefighter, and he walked – in his honor, raising money uh, from, I guess he ended in New York. He went the Pentagon or he went DC, but the Pentagon to the field in Pennsylvania to uh, back to the city in ground zero. He walked it to raise money for, uh, for families that were affected by losing somebody, a loved one during nine 11. And it was, wow. Wow. It was great. And the guy was such a normal, you know, he was a firefighter. This the, the brother who died was his little brother. It's a family of firefighters. I have a question. A, just the quintessential. Do you yeah. know where you were? You know where you were when you found out about 9-11. I do. Where were you? I was in <sighs> um I was in rehab in Florida. Okay. I was in an eating disorder rehab in Florida. I feel like that's an acceptable thing to say. Um and I remember, and I was in Tampa, Florida at this, it was called the Hyde House. It was an eating disorder rehab in Florida. and Like a step down. Yeah. It was like, I lived with a bunch of women in a yeah. house. Um, and I remember we were getting ready to go for like our morning walk. Like we did like a group morning walk. And um, I was, I'm not going to say my age, but I was younger. And, um, and I just remember thinking like, oh my God, Yaya. Because our grandmother, who is no longer alive, but uh, our dad's mom, we called her Yaya, which is Greek for grandmother. And she lived, I mean, forever in in, Sti- in Stuyvesant Town, which is essentially Manhattan. Lower East Side. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, the you know, I couldn't get through to anybody. I couldn't get through to... I think so. No that one point, could get through. Yeah, to no anyone. one could get through to anyone. You guys were at this point. You guys were in Arizona, um, and yeah, I couldn't get through to anyone. Where were you? You must have been in school, huh? I was at home, walking up the stairs to go to school. Yeah, at uh, what the Court Sale House? Yep. Oh, mom had on the news, and I remember walking up, and it was all whoa, this is happening. And then I went to school. You did. You still went to school. Well, yeah, everyone went to school and it was all schools shut down, but we're still doing school. We're just going to play this on the TVs and let you watch it. God. We did. It's It's weird. Interesting. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the weirdest thing is that when I was um, teaching several years ago, this was part of the curriculum. Teaching 9-11 was part of social studies. Well, it's studies. historical. Of yeah. course, it's historical. Yeah. But it's a weird 
You know, when I'm teaching about um, Christopher Columbus, which I never loved teaching about, but or teaching about, um, you know, I, I don't know, a- any type of history that you teach in fourth, fifth grade, that was most of it's way, way, way before my time. That seems reasonable. But to teach about something that I remember living through that these people that I'm teaching it to didn't was an odd, it was an odd thing. I also think that's the most important thing to teach about. Yes, it's important to teach about Christopher Columbus or Pocahontas or what, I'm sure that's offensive to people. Um, (laughs) Everything's offensive to people. (laughs) And also, I think teaching semi-recent events that shaped the world that you're currently living in. Yeah. Not just the world that you could have lived in 350 years ago. Right. Makes a difference. And so, yeah, of course, I imagine that was super uncomfortable. And also, like, that actually freaking matters. There's a great, um, and I can't remember, and I'll, I'll, I'll find it and post it on the Instagram, but for people who are listening who have kids who didn't live through 9-11, who have maybe had to discuss this topic, there was a great book that I used and read to my students something about cows, three cows and something, or there was, that's the title, that's not the title, I will find the title, but there is a great book, and I just remember reading it, it was like a really, um, it made it easier to talk about in a way. A gentle description. <clears throat> gentle, but still purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really good. It was really good. That was a good question. Um, all right. We're going to listen a little bit. We might skip ahead a little bit so we can get to that because I also have a couple listener questions and now you know, as always, we're going 300 hours here. So let's see where they're at. We might skip ahead a little bit. Poor Josh. Poor Josh. Uh, I see that there's there's somebody who just continually shoots us questions. Uh, M. M. Winograd. Uh, a lot of questions. Ali, describe your life using film titles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. God, I, I, Jesus Christ, I have, that's so difficult. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. It's a lot of fast times at Ridgemont High with right. some some parenthood, parenthood. mixed in. <laughs> um, a little sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't you know. And, uh, you know, when Aaron and I get it going, we have a little splash. <laughs> One of the all time greatest. I, I totally lost on me making my daughters what? watch splash. Daryl Hannah. Is, is yeah, I mean, like, I, I know of, of it, but like, oh. I couldn't tell you what's happening in that movie. Mermaid Daryl Hannah. Whoa. Beautiful. This is a great stroke of parenting. Yeah. Splash was great. So good. Hmm. Tom Hanks, that dude, un- unbelievable, just in everything. <laughs> um, uh, ending off with "There Will Be Blood." I think that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Say you it. abandoned my boy. <laughs> I abandoned my boy. I love that. 
Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> favorite thing on. he fucking Let's says. Let's see. Michelle Linza. Can you give us, Joe, can you give us an update on your friend who lives in Dubai and his daughter's relationship? That hasn't, it's not improved. Um, but he just lost his dad. And he is, uh, you know, it's he's one of those guys that we were friends in college, but we, and we haven't seen each other much since then. I've never known before college and we've become closer and closer and closer and kind of talking him through that. You know, he went through a lot of the same story that I went through with my dad, which was basically having a conversation with his father, uh, with his father telling him, I'm done. I don't want to fight this anymore. Let me go. And I had that same conversation with my dad. And so, Mm being able to use my life experience, you know, from 2002 when this happened to my dad and be able to apply it to my friend Lee, um, I think was helpful. And it's funny that we get that question today because I got a text from him that he's on his way back uh, to Dubai, but he's been here for the longest time and and had to deal with his dad passing away. And uh, he was on the other side of the earth. And it just so happened that, that it was kind of the same situation. I think his dad was waiting for Lee to come home and, and make sure everything was okay. And Lee found this incredible letter that his dad had written him just by happenstance that laid out exactly what his dad wanted uh, after his death. And so it, it's 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 a sad story, but a beautiful story, and and I'm really proud of my friend. So I, I think he's been through a Joe's lot, but so sweet. He's sometimes. done good. He really Great. is. Good to hear. Um, why didn't Oliver do the Nashville final show with all the cast? Why did you tap out of that? Did you do that? I didn't even know you did that. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... Um, I think they asked me to come down. You know, I think I was working actually. It was a, it was a sort of a celebration. I think at the Ryman or something like that, where the cast was getting on stage and doing a whole sort of thing. And I wasn't able to make it. Yeah. I, I, I read at the time, and this could be wrong, that you had a tough time with that stage bow that everybody does kind of the, the hop and then the bow, like the, yeah. <sighs> yes. I couldn't find the timing. Yeah. You know? Everybody and, else where you all grab hands and you do the little, ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone would go before me and then you down. And, uh, you yanked Connie Britton's shoulder out of the socket. It was, yeah. yeah. See, this is the perfect example of like, I'm watching this in real time, whatever, a year ago. And I'm like, oh my God, really? Like, was this, did this really ha- he couldn't get the stage timing. Is that true? No, to no, me, it's a it means fucking joke. He said, Fuck you, Connie Bertan, and all my old cats. No. <laughs> oh, that's what it meant to me. No, I think he probably didn't mean that. I think he probably just was like, I can't make it. Like, I'm doing something else uh-huh. now. But, like, I still I'm, stand by what I said. I'm watching this, like, did. Did this really happen? And then, and then, and then now, like when they start laughing, I'm like, oh no, Joe's making a joke. This didn't actually totally. happen. He's totally He's making, making this up. They do this so many times. They talked about one time that like Goldie got impregnated by Billy Barty, and I didn't even know who that was. And, and, and I remember after the episode, I texted Josh and I was like, do you think we should cut that? Like, is that a little bit like too releasing no, information? And, and, uh, and Josh was like, I think they were kidding, 
But and like we never know. I don't know. Well, I'm. Do you know who I'm married to, dude. That's true. Michael yeah, is always like, kidding. Duh, That's true. That's true. And also, I think this is a joke. I also think. Can you hold your nails up to the camera? They look so nice. I also think that he didn't want to go to that for whatever reason. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the he reason. was just working. Maybe he was Perhaps. just working. Perhaps. Perhaps. Never know. I'm just saying my own opinion of it's not because they all did a dip and a bow and he couldn't jive with it. I'm guessing, yes, that's true. I keep referencing Connie Britton in that show because I don't know anybody else that was in it. Hayden Panettiere, was she in it? Very good. Hayden Panettiere? Hayden Panettiere. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I didn't make it. I I think I was working. Nothing too exciting. Not, Not a good story to tell. <laughs> uh, Joe, can you? This is the same guy. This guy's asked like fifty-five questions. I'm not even going to read it because it's too many for me. For uh, one listener, huh? one listener, or one listen. <laughs> got one listener. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like college radio right now. It's so the true, title, especially even the way it's all set. You. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm barely can get online. You're on this thing. We send it to this genius Josh who cuts it all up, and then it comes out. And I I don't even know how it all happens. I have no idea. It's such college radio, but that's uh-huh. a good name for a title for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And that was, and that is the title. Welcome to College Radio. That is the title for the podcast. That's literally how we pick every title now. It used to be the guest's name, and we, and then we stopped having guests because it's honestly, this is some behind the scenes insight. I feel like people are like, where are the guests? Where are the guests? I can't explain to you how, do you know how difficult it is with Joe and Oliver's schedule to get them to find a time in the week that is an appropriate time? where they both are like awake and feeling good and can like give their all for an hour. And then beyond that, find now a celebrity, another celebrity who's willing to come on and chit chat. And also their schedule happens to fit Joe and Oliver's schedule. It there's, I mean, I know people do it all the time and we did it for a while, but it is a ton of scheduling work. Whereas Sometimes it just for, you know, we were like, it feels more just natural and authentic to just have it be them. Like it was just, yes, it was easier, but also they, they, they would, you know, they would both sometimes get like, you know, nervous and they want to like make sure that like the guest feels comfortable in there and it's funny and it's entertaining. And like when it's just them, it's just so, so comfortable. So hence we went to just them. But I will say for listeners, when we come, when they come back in um, about a month, we are planning to do um, not every episode, but we are planning to do more guest episodes, and we have a potentially exciting guest for the first one back. So, okay, uh, yeah, um, okay, I'll read one more, and then we'll go because I, I want to watch the latest episode of Ted Lasso and go to bed. I got to fly tomorrow to DC and do a game. I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, Ali, same guy, but he's still getting it. Do you walk around the house naked? Duh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, you know, I just, if they don't want to see it, then I guess they can walk out, you know? (laughs) I I don't feel good about that at all. Uh, You mean about you or the fact that I do that? The fact that you do that, I for sure don't do that. 
<laughs> why is that? Why? I don't walk around naked in front of myself. <laughs> um, all right. So I have a few questions we're going to run through that we got on Instagram because I posted an Instagram, like send us some questions about the guys and stuff. Um, somebody, this was why I said that in the beginning, because somebody did say, I'm losing interest without Joe and Oliver. They don't seem to be very interested anymore. That's from, um, I don't know how to say his name, A. Cecil. Um, and I get it. Like, I, I understand. The guys are interested. They are also human, and they need a break sometimes. They do a lot of other things beyond daddy issues and also have kids and wives, and they need a breather. And that's what's happening. But I also completely understand. I hope you will not completely lose interest. And when they come back in a month, you will keep listening. Um, Shy Town Coco says, what platform did you move daddy issues to? So we were in a partnership with iHeart and we were on their platform, which was, I mean, this means nothing probably to listeners, but a platform, a publishing platform called Omni. And we moved to our own um, for cavalry audio called megaphone and all of the subscriptions went away. So that's why we keep saying, if you were subscribed, please resubscribe and tell people that, you know, because all the, you know, if you're subscribed, it automatically shows up every week. We lost all of that through this move, unfortunately, but we are now, um, kind of our own entity, which is the good thing. Mike Winograd who Joe was just talking about that sent all those questions on this actual episode, said, what's your favorite food? I don't know if that's to me or you or both of us or Joe and Oliver. I don't know their favorite foods. What's your favorite food? I, I don't have an answer for this. Mm. I mean, like macaroni and cheese. Is that yours or mine? Maybe both. I don't know. Uh, no, that's not my favorite food. That's a comfort food for I me. I love macaroni and cheese. Sushi, I love. But I feel like it's such a fucking typical answer. But I do love it. What's your favorite food? You ask these questions, but you can't answer them yourself. That's true. That's Like, it's kind of annoying. That's true. You so, an- ask questions to the people around you or your podcast friends, but you don't answer them. Okay, so Jenna is drawing this from... We have another potential podcast has nothing to do with Joe and Oliver, but um, coming out. Also just drawing it from life. Okay, fine. From life (laughs) as well. But another uh, podcast that I'm working on that um, asks people questions, just regular people questions. And one of them was like, if you could have dinner with any famous person dead or alive who would it be and why and I asked my sister Jenna and her husband Michael and my boyfriend Mark and and they all answered really great answers and then it was my turn and I couldn't answer I didn't have an answer and that's similar to the what's your favorite food answer but nonetheless I'm going to stand by what's your favorite food Jenna no no you're the first to answer I know mine or I have seven answers Pizuki. A melty cookie in the oven. With ice cream, yeah. Is your favorite dessert. Okay. Mm. Mine is... Oof. I don't know. Something um, Mediterranean. I like a... I like a Greek 
like a gyro or a Greek salad or a tomato feta something. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, like I like some Mediterranean and or Indian. I like a curry. I like a ooh. roti with a curry chicken on it. Yeah, I like a lot of things. I also like love a lasagna. I love a lasagna too. So you don't have an answer either then in well, this instance. Actually, I am answering though more than I don't have an answer. Fine. You have multiple answers. Okay. Remember so that? What's my one answer? Fine. Lasagna. Okay. Do you remember in Greece that um, Amanda at the Euro shop in Rhodes used to put it on the Euros? It was a feta roasted red pepper like dip slash spread. Sure. Yum. That might be my favorite food. Yeah, I actually would like to, if I could specify, I would say Lucky Souvlaki's Euros in Santorini, Greece is my favorite food. And I've only had them twice in my life, and that would be my favorite food. I can say that. Um, What other profession would you choose from CBB? If you weren't doing what you're doing, which... I guess tell everybody what you're doing. You answer first. I know I'm my answer. If I was not working in entertainment and producing, I would I would teach, but I've already done that, but that's what I would go back to. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean kind of weird. Well, because I'm right now I'm I'm I am a producer, but I'm also writing and producing. And so I would say a writer. Oh, I know. There's no, I know. You don't need a justification. No, I'm you're just right. saying it's weird. No, I know. I know what it would be. If I could do a do- another profession, I don't know if it's actually a profession, but I would, um, my dream has always been to have, um, like pr- buy up a bunch of land and have like a, uh, an animal shelter and an animal sanctuary where like animals can live forever. There's no, like, we're never putting them to sleep. Some of them get adopted some of them are therapy animals and it's just like they all it's like it's like all dogs go to heaven like they all go there to live forever that would be that would be honestly my dream period ever that's what i want to do for life i'd like to be a yachty <laughs> no, that's a good i want to be on I a yacht that, that was your thing i forgot i forgot i want to be a yachty Mm. I think that's very a, a very attainable thing to do as well. No, of course it is. I'm also a little bit old for that now. I don't think that you are. Um, okay, oh. Jen, you're not old for that. Jenna walked away for a second, so I'm going to answer one um, that is more, I believe, geared towards me from on her cots on her cots. Um, how did you meet up with Joe and Oliver? That is pretty short story, actually. I was a teacher for years, um, but always a writer. And I don't know, five, six something years ago, I was, um, I got divorced and I was very alone with my dogs and listening to a lot of podcasts. And, um, I tweeted something about a podcast. I was listening to the Anna Ferris podcast and I tweeted something about it and um, saying like, hire me, I'll help do whatever you need. And the producer 
uh, wrote me back on Twitter, which I had like almost never used and said, great, send me, you know, send me like a cover sheet of what you can do and, and, and whatnot. And I did. And he called me and we talked and he said, okay, you're hired. And he hired me. And I worked on that show and I worked on a bunch of other shows that that particular company had. And it was awesome. It was really exciting and really fun. And I learned quite a bit. And that's where I met Josh. And that's where Daddy Issues started. Um, and so I was told kind of like, hey, we have this new show with Joe and Oliver. Um, we'd love for you to help out on it. And so I helped out on it. And then at a certain point was made a producer on it. Um, and then eventually left that company to work for Cavalry, who I work for now. And Joe and Oliver, um, very kindly, or I don't know what the word is exactly, but they, they chose to come with so that I could keep producing the show and that Josh could keep editing the show because we we're kind of like a little family. Um, and that's how we all ended up here. And it has been an up and down road for sure, um, as our longtime listeners know. But I think that regardless of what happens um, with the podcast, there's the, these are people that I have grown to care very much about. And I think we have like a, a great little family here that will continue far beyond when daddy issues um, is or is not around. But also, just without giving too much away, I think we have some big things in store for daddy issues. So everyone who's saying kind of like, are they coming back? Is the show going to end? The show's not ending. And and the show is actually, we have some exciting things in store. So, um, all right, let's go through. So, so, so Sand Soto said, do you think they will keep doing this pod? I get so scared they'll stop and now I'm attached, which is just such a sweet message. And also... I promise you, we're not stopping. They are coming back. Um, she also said another wife episode would be awesome, which I think we can definitely manage. Um, Todd Moore, four, said, odd couple. Maybe I am late to the game, but how did you all match up for this? I think I just explained that. But but beyond how I met them, um, I believe that Joe met Oliver through Kate. So Joe and Kate kind of knew each other and then they and then he met Oliver and then they just have been they are an odd couple totally and that's why it 100% works cuz they are so different but just so in love with each other it's adorable. Um T Brasu says why is Ollie doing other podcasts but not daddy issues this summer? And I have an answer for you about this actually um sibling revelry they are doing in seasons so any episodes of sibling that are coming out they have pre-recorded those they're do they oliver talked about that in a past episode they're doing them in batches where he was doing like two a day for two weeks so that they have them all and then they release them over time so he's not actually doing that podcast right now he's pre-recorded those and the one with his wife um that's again a lot easier he lives with her He's with her frequently. So they can literally be driving in the car and say, turn on your Zoom recorder. Let's do the podcast and do it. Whereas Daddy Issues takes a little bit more preparation because he's not living and sleeping next to Joe. So um, and also his his show with his wife is newer. So, of course, that makes sense that he's wanting to continue to put out new episodes. Daddy Issues has been out for over two years. And I think the guy's have really been um, 
you know, constantly putting out new episodes and, and, and deserve a break. So that's, that's why they're not. And then the final question we got is what other, wait, did we already answer that? What other profession would you choose? Yes, we did. Yachty. Yachty and animal sanctuary. Got it. Um, all right, let's, uh, fast forward to the very end of this episode and call this a night it has been so long. Me and my sister can never ma- me. I'm going to blame me. I can never manage to do this in any timely amount of time. But so around well, 50, cool. 49, Josh will pick up where Oliver's telling us to show that he's watching. Hit and run. Um, it's on Netflix. Good it's show. In Israeli format. And um, it's pretty good. Have you seen Fauda on Netflix? Wow. That's really good. Same creators. Um, How can you watch Fauda, something called Fauda, and then back that up with Bachelor in Paradise? Well, when I'm in my sort of hotel zone, because I get lonely and all I have is my my computer to watch movies on. So I'll go hard Bachelor in Paradise for like an hour and a half Love and it. smoke a joint and like it's blazed. And then I'm like, all right, I'm tired of this. I need something else. And then boom, I'll hit some Fauda, you know? And <laughs> What do we got next? Oh, 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 I got one. It is an Israeli show. Okay, no, yeah, it is an Israeli show. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, and and he's right. Hit and Run is another Israeli show on Netflix. It's dubbed in English, I want to say, which I hate, but it's actually really, really oh. good. I think it was canceled, but it's really good. How does a good one? Oh, oh, I got one. That Marty Fish documentary, which we didn't even talk about, which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that is. You know, called Untold. My cousins are the creators of the show, Mac and Chap, and um, they've done an amazing job with this particular series. And Joe and I know Marty pretty well, and and he really opened himself up and uh, created a really an amazing piece on himself and, and mental health, and and it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it's called Breaking Point. Yeah, um, it's. Fantastic. Look, yeah. I'm at I'm at Kinko's. My uh my credit card expires after an hour, so um <laughs> I, I gotta go. Um we'll talk I'm, about on, I'm on a burner account right now. Um what? you're on a burner. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um uh yeah. All right, good. Well, we covered some ground. Did you know that I go to Kinko's every week? Did you know that? Oh, do you really do, to do your laminating? Yeah, to do my boards for football. That's so funny. Do they know you over there? Oh, my God. <laughs> Kathleen, she's the greatest lady of all time. She gets my stuff done. Like, I don't even have to say anything. Like, I got it. Then really? I put my little boards in place, and boom, I'm out the door to go do my football game. Yeah, I, I don't think I could live without Kathleen. <laughs> you know what I'm going to get you for Christmas is a laminator. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not laminate. It's 11. I need an 11 by 17 printer, which at one point I had. But then I go in and I I spiral bind them. And I mean, you've seen my football stuff. Yeah. 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 But go ahead. I I would, I wouldn't, I would not (laughs) laugh at that gift horse. Uh, I would not laugh in the face of it, in the mouth. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. In the mouth. You buy me me a laminator (laughs) and I will laminate. The shit out of everything. <laughs> okay, good. All right. All right, Joseph. All right. Uh, hey, whenever you go back to Albuquerque, you make us proud in the Fox family. You make you you make great TV. Oh, he was still a Fox yeah, here. 
we're all, we're we're we, we're together now, man. Same family. Same family. Not anymore. Right. Same damn family. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, give Aaron a squeeze for me, and uh, yeah. Boys, tell her to stay away. Tell Michelle to stay away. I just came downstairs the minute they started screaming their heads off. And and it's, again, the phrase from a three-year-old, why are you doing this to me? Is <laughs> <laughs> a tough one to swallow. I'm not going to lie to you. That's all part of it. Too. And the way Blake no talks, way. his enunciation is like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> He's like Irving Villages up there. Like, <laughs> Blaine! Blaine! <laughs> yes, boss. <laughs> uh, well, before you know it, they'll be teenagers. And I'll be helpful. Six feet, <laughs> six feet under. I'll get in the yeah. movies for half price. Exactly. If anybody ever goes back to movies again. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oxygen. No. <laughs> That one I uh, couldn't speak as much to. Oh, no. Yeah, because there's yeah, a lot of kid stuff in yeah, that, for sure. But do you like? Do you see the like lovely beauty in they, uh, they in the show? They have a yeah. great partnership. But they're just, just saying, they have a great camaraderie. For me, they're I funny. Couldn't, I couldn't say as much for that. No, they're talking a lot about children. Yeah, that was a lot about children. I didn't listen to that before we did it. I feel like there are so many episodes that I think you could probably speak a lot more to, but. You know, for 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 this. Oh, there we go. Um, also, that guy looks pretty much identical to my husband. That's <laughs> true. So we'll leave you with that, that Oliver looks ah. almost identical to Jenna's husband. Um, it's, it's scary. I think they're about the same age, too, actually. Um, anyways, we uh, thank you guys for listening. And um, I promise you... That you will not have to deal with our rewatches for much longer. Soon we will have Joe and Oliver back in the house doing their new episodes. But for those of you who have stuck it out this long, so glad that you have. And um, next week, maybe it'll be me and Josh. Maybe it'll be me and Jenna. Maybe it'll be me and my dad. Maybe it'll be me and my boyfriend. Clearly, I'm the one who has no life and just continues to do these rewatches. But um, hopefully, somebody appreciates them. And if not, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing them anyway. So thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you're not, and um, stay tuned. The guys will be back very very soon. I promise. Um, okay, bye. Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Bach, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger. 